And welcome back to the Murdy Creative Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Murdy, and today's topic is intellectual property. But first, I want to say thank you to everyone who's supported the company so far. If you haven't got a chance, go check us out on the web at murdycreative.co. That's murdycreative.co. Or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching at murdycreative.co to see the best of our product shots. Follow us on our social media to keep up to date with our daily photos and be the first one to know about new product launches. You can also use our subscribe button at the bottom of our website to be included in all of our new product announcements and be sure to check out our laser engraving, personalization options, and exclusive colors on our website. Or you can get a blank one on Amazon Prime. All right, so a few things for housekeeping before we jump into our intellectual property discussion is, for those of you who listened to my crisis episode and heard the jingling in the background, that's my cat Nala. We actually have two cats, Bagheera and Nala, and Nala was being very cute, so I didn't kick her out of my little studio here, but... I apologize for that if that was distracting to anybody. I think all of the cats are put away today, so hopefully we won't have that again. Second off, I apologize for the way my voice sounds. I have a bit of a cold right now, and it's been a little bit uh, a little bit irritating, but I've been able to power through, so I, here I am podcasting today. And um, last of all, I want to announce our new design. We've got our new Buckyball design on, uh, if, or on Instagram if you haven't got a chance to check it out. I'm hoping to be sending out a product announcement to all of our subscribers shortly soon uh, as well. That'll be able to help kind of show off our new, uh, our new design. I think it's a pretty cool one. So go check that out on our Instagram to see the latest our photos of our new pre-engraved Buckyball design. All right, so today we're talking about intellectual property. Intellectual property is a unique kind of concept that has been around for a long time, but was really codified in kind of the early revolutionary wartime of uh, the United States. And a lot of the idea behind it was that this concept that, okay, we want to reward people for innovating by allowing them to make money off of their innovations. But at the same time, we don't want there to be a situation where people can never copy what they've done. People can't ever do something of what someone else has done. So we've got to create kind of boundaries to this, this protection, right? So the idea behind, let's just start with a patent is for, let's say you've got a, um, a drug, right? I just know a little more about this because I worked for Dr. Sem who did drug research as a pharmacy, um, you know, researcher before he became the Dean of the business school at my, at my university. And so he was talking a lot about how for drugs to get through all of the clinical trials, to get through all of the research to develop them in the first place and to get all of the regulatory hurdles to be passed costs about $70 million. And it takes about eight years. So for a lot of pharmaceutical companies, they wouldn't really be able to be in business without patents and without patent protection. So a patent, for those of you who don't know, is a document formally filed with the U.S. government and it has to very specifically detail what your new thing is. And it can't be for sale in the public place. And it has to be novel, useful, and non-obvious. Those are, I think, the three major categories. So it's got to be new, novel. It's got to be uh, useful. It, it can't just be an idea. It's got to be something that actually has a function to it. That's what you're patenting. And it's got to be um, not obvious to someone who is in your industry, right? So it's got to be a little bit clever, a little like something that is not obviously patentable. So one of the factors that comes into play with all of these, and there's a couple of different types of patents, so it, it varies a little bit based off of what type of patent you're getting and what type of protection, but the goal is for, let's say, you're going back to that pharmaceutical example. If you're a pharmacy company that's going to have to spend, you know, $70 million on research and development to be able to bring this drug to market, 
the second that drug is available on the market, theoretically, somebody could reverse engineer it and could make cheap knockoffs of it and immediately create an identical copy without having to do all of that you know, very expensive regulatory burden and uh, innovation. So I think the idea behind the patent is, let's say we're, and, and the patents only exist for 14 years by default and 17 years if you get the extension, right? So if you take eight years to develop a drug and you spend $70 million, you need to make all of that money back in that six to nine years that you have while the patent is in play, which is why a lot of research, uh, a lot of new drugs are expensive because they have to make back the research money. Otherwise, there's no reason for them to be in business. So patents come into play in that regard, and it's designed to protect a specific instance, but it does require disclosure. So that's where something like, for example, the Coca-Cola recipe has never been patented, but it's secret, and they have those. That's something called a trade secret. So trade secrets can be protected, and you can determine things as a trade secrets, and the goal is to, of that is to say, okay, we don't want to tell anybody about this, but if this were to get out... This is something that would ruin our business, and we want to protect that. So that's another form of protection. There's trademarks. Trademarks are um, some sort of name, symbol, or other icon that indicates or, or uh, represents a, a product or a brand in the marketplace. That's kind of the definer. So for us, we actually have three trademarks right now that we've gotten. They're not that expensive, and they're not that difficult to get. Uh, we have the trademark on the Murdy logo. We have trademarked on the words Murdy Creative, and we have the trademark on the number, the words Murdy Number or Murdy No. So those are all things that we have trademarked. And there's more that we're working on developing as we go along, but the trademark is designed to protect it so that competitors can't jump in and create an identical copy of your brand and misrepresent you to the marketplace They to pretend to be someone. So if someone started a brand called Murphy Creative Co., and their logo looked almost exactly like mine, except for instead of a D, it was a PH, and it was very similar, that's not allowed, right? That, that would be trademark infringement. That would be essentially an attempt to show the, the public... An, a brand using our our brand without being us, right? That's kind of fraud. So uh, the the definition, the kind of the the layman's um, d determining factor, I should say, when you're developing your logo and you're developing your trademark is um, it's called the reasonable man standard. You have to say, would a reasonable man be confused by this mark, right? So for example, if you put your logo on the side of a bus and someone was sitting at that bus stop and all of a sudden a bus went past, not very long, for a little while, for just a minute or two, they just saw it, would they be confused? Would they think your logo is someone else's? If that's the case, you're probably too close. Your logos are probably too close. So that's trademark, and that's something important. Um, there's something that's this concept of uh, trade dress, which is actually a subset of trademark. Trade dress is actually designed to... Um, it's it, it cannot be functional, but it's designed to protect the way something looks, right? So, for example, a classic example, the iPhone was something that initially was pretty strongly protected by trade dress policy, right? So the idea was that we the, the iPhone is such a unique looking device and it's not the look is not about the function, right? That, that, that design is not about a function, it's just a pretty look and we want to protect that. It was actually part of uh, kind of a fashion. Fashion has a lot of this uh, where if it's too close, trade dress can come in where if it's not functional but it's just pretty, that's another aspect of trade dress. And I think that's an important one when we look at protecting cool, unique things that come into play um, as far as the way they look, but don't necessarily have a lot of function other than that. And I think that's a challenge. 
And then there's the last one, which is copyright. So we kind of went in order of the strength to weakness. Copyright is probably, it's one of the weakest protections, but it's also one of the oldest and strongest in that regard. So it, it has a pretty strong history. And the way a copyright works is very simple. If you create a work, any kind of work, it could be auditory, it could be digitally produced, and it could be written on paper, anything you produce, you have the copyright on. Now, the copyright means that someone else cannot make a copy of it or a derivative of that copy without your permission. And you can give that permission. And there are certain exemptions for like educational purposes, right? Like if you've got a, a copywritten image for your brand, let's say it's not protected by trademark, but it's protected by, by copyright um, because it is by default because you made it. So your trademark, so your, your, your brand initially is protected by copyright um, and then it's protected by trademark is a little stronger. But let's say you've got a, a, a brand and all of a sudden the news goes on and says, you know, today in today's news, Kleenex, you know, what whatever, did whatever. They can use that because that that's term is, is and that image, that icon, that logo, that look is part of information. It's part of conveying an information for informational and educational purposes. So copyright does have a few exceptions in that regard as far as use goes, but it still protects the idea that you can't copy something directly and use it as your own and claim ownership, right? So you have to you have to get permission and then attribution is an important part of that, where you got it from. So when you talk about a lot of these different things, in business it matters. Now, in the real world that we live in, at some level, if you've got an idea that's truly novel and very cool and all this other stuff, um, you can look at getting it patented. It's very expensive. For example, the steel cable stitch that I invented for the um, Murdy Number no. 5, that arguably was eligible for patent. It was non-obvious, it was uh, novel, and it was definitely useful. So I could have gotten probably a design patent on that, or even maybe a utility patent, which is a little larger. And so... I probably could have patented our steel cable stitch technique. It would have cost probably at least $10,000. And then once you have the patent, it's on you to defend it, right? You're the one that has to go find people who are breaking your patent and you have to go prosecute them in the court of law. And at some level, we I was a small little hobbyist. I, I couldn't have protected the patent even if I wanted to. And... It, was, it wasn't worth it, really. It was better for me to say, you know what, I'm just going to focus on good customer service and good quality and doing my best to be the best in the market, and then the market will choose me rather than being protected by the patent. So for us, it didn't make sense to get the patent at the time. I mean, would it be nice to say I had a patent to my name? Sure. But at some level, it's mostly just, that's just for show. That's not really functional. So I thought to myself, it'd be better to not have the patent and to just make the best product and spend that $10,000 in some other way. Not that I had it at the time, but you know, to save my money and spend it on developing the Murdy number one and then the Murdy number two and all of the other things that we've been continuing to work on. So it's been the right decision to not get the patent. It definitely was. It was a little bit of an ego thing. Um, and I thought about it for a while, I thought to myself, you know what, I just won't sell it. I'll just have the idea in my head and I'll save it. And eventually when I make enough money, I'll, I'll patent it and then I'll sell it. But I didn't really want to do that either because I like selling it. I like making them. At some level, for me, if, some, if, if there was another competitor, which is what really what the patent's designed to protect against, if there was another competitor that came into the market and copied our exact design, I'm okay with that. 
that forces me to be better than them. It forces me to to have better customer service or to do better design uh, in the future or to have uh, better you know relationships with our community and to do better content. I mean, whatever the, the case may be, the competition for me is good because that proves that we have to improve our process. That shows us that we have to continue to improve. And to be completely and blatantly honest about this, there's not really a ton of profit in this industry at the moment so it's not like there's a lot of incentive for a big corporation to just start creating a knockoff of my books. Like that's not really, there's no, it's not, not going to return enough money for them to make any sense to do that. So anyway, I think that this is all a very interesting topic. If you'd like to learn more about this, there's awesome, awesome stuff out there um, in regards to intellectual property. If you just go Google, you know, what is intellectual property? You can get tons and tons more information about that. That being said, today's use ties into that specifically. Let's say you did get a patent or you're the kind of person who wants to have all of your important legal documents relating to your trademark, to your patent, to your copyright information. You want to keep hard copies of all of that in a safe place. I think our binders make excellent, excellent ways to hold important documents of that nature. They're great for protecting them from sunlight damage, all sorts of other things like that. They're also very good at being a nice professional way of showing them off if there was ever a problem. And the best part is, is you can keep them all in one place and add more as you get more. So check out our leather binders to protect your patents, your trademarks, your copyright, or any other important documents. Maybe it's your, you know, your homeowner's insurance or whatever. Maybe that's what you want to protect in your paper copies. So whatever it is, protect your important documents in our amazing, amazing leather binders. All right, today in a life, I have been a little bit sick, so I've been a little, uh, a little behind. I appreciate all of your patience. I've continued to be responding to customer service emails, and I'm actually excited to go visit um, a potential sub-supplier of a new binding technique that I kind of came up with for the Murdy Number 2. So I haven't quite got the design finalized yet. I had originally a design that I had made, and I didn't like it. It didn't work very well. It was it looked really pretty, but functionally it didn't have the functionality that I wanted. So I've been redesigning the Murdy Number Two, and I've got a pretty good idea on the design I think now. So I'm gonna go meet with one of my vendors today, or potentially a vendor, to see if they can make the part I need because it's kind of a custom thing. So that is my uh, my little work for today. If I can get it together. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in today. Please be sure to check back in tomorrow for our next topic. Don't forget to check that subscribe button below to be sure to get our latest podcast right away. If you have any questions or concerns about your leather binder, please feel free to contact us on the main page of our website at murdycreative.co or you can contact us via Instagram and Facebook. You can email, call, direct message, carrier pigeon if you have one, but seriously, I try my best to be available whenever you, uh, you need me. So I do love talking to all of you. That being said, if you want to have any podcast topics that you want to hear about, send them my way. I'm always happy to engage with our growing community, and I want to give you guys what you want. If you're looking for multiple binders for gifts, giveaways, menus, really any reason, ask about our bulk discounts. We do have those available. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great day, and bye.